Welcome to Confessions of a Restaurateur podcast where we talk about London's hospitality scene. Join us as we explore the highs and the lows of being a business operator in one of the busiest cities in the world. Trying out new ventures and exploring the business of food. I'm Omar Shah. And I'm Florence May and welcome to this week's episode. Hi guys, welcome to episode three of Confessions of a Restaurateur. Hi May, how you doing? Hello Omar, I'm good. How are you? Very good. Been a busy day. <laughs> yeah. You've been away the whole day, and I've I, I've uh, I've had to handle all the redirection towards my end, so it's been rather busy. I mean, I think that's the benefit of having two of us, isn't it? Yes, 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 yes. You know, I'll, t- I'll take my day off tomorrow. Yeah, you can have take a, a couple nice day days tomorrow. off tomorrow. No, I was really busy actually out on locations today, so. Yeah, yeah. so um, this episode, all right, a lot of people have been asking me uh, specifically about how did you guys start, and that's such a wide question with a huge scope yes. to talk about. We I get could, that question quite frequently. I could talk about my, my, my uh, second uncle's inspiration and my motivation when I was 12 years old and tacos and in the streets of LA. <laughs> But today, specifically, what they've wanted to ask about was location. How do you find your first property? Um, what's the first steps in getting onto, not the property ladder, well, the, the restaurant property ladder. Mm-hmm. Okay, location is important. And location, you know, a lot of people are, are kind of graduating from maybe home cooks and, you know, supper clubs from food stalls. And they want to know how to get a bricks and mortar out. Okay. Let's so, do it. Let's do it. Um, I think we're going to start by saying, I'll put this disclaimer in. I am by no means a professional consultant in, in obtaining a location. This is just speaking from a perspe- perspective of, from an operative who's personal had personal experience. Personal, yeah, personal journey. journey where we've had a wide variety of different experiences. Okay. Yeah. So we want to kind of like break this down into like, location how do you pick the right location for your brand how do you you know the legal aspect of finding a property and the legal terms and the lease issues you you might run into and what to look out for and then obviously your brand itself you know does it fit within the location um yeah and let's kick it off then I i would say location how let's kick it off by how Let's start with Kentish Town. Kentish Town, and how because we, that's that let's look at it one by it. one, yeah. and talk about the differences we've had yeah. with different experiences because they are in different all, areas and all very extreme. Well, they're all kind of they're the same but different. Yeah, you know? it gets very different yeah. at the end. So um, obviously, Bintang has been there since 1987, and. My father was in place and my mom to, you know, I just, all I remember from that experience is just going there as a kid after school and they obviously got the, the landlord, uh, sorted out during that time. And it's just at this stage, very, very moment right now with Bintang. Yeah. I'm actually dealing with the son of the landlord who my dad first dealt with. That's, that's actually quite nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's like a generational business transaction here where he, his dad was, his dad was dealing with my dad and now we, we deal with the, the lease together and the landlord yeah. and tenant responsibilities together. Yeah. So that's Bintang at the moment. And, uh, so I, I, really my experience right now with him is just ongoing where, 
you know, if there's any issues with, with, you know, the tenants upstairs, I'll give him a call. If he needs to get an inspection done, he'll just let me know in advance. But, you know, we have a mutual respect and it's a healthy relationship, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's one of the things where, you know, uh, yeah. we, we like to emphasize is and making the, sure we, yeah. we have that healthy... And in the industry, that would be called a, an independent landlord, someone that just, you know, picks and chooses who they like. And sometimes that's how landlords do it. And I think... You know, they really liked you and Uncle. Well, they like my dad. I know about me. I had no choice. I don't know. He had no choice as well. So, <laughs> well, I mean, now, now, um, uh, I don't know if I should say his name, but our current landlord now likes you very much. So that's good. Which one? For Bintang. Oh, for Bintang. Yes. Yeah, they're lovely. I love yeah. them as well. Yeah. They're really good people, especially when it comes to rent review. We love you a lot. All right. <laughs> Just remember that when we negotiate. Okay. So all um, landlords remember this for rent reviews. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but we, the, I mean, a nearer experience we have obviously is Guanabana, which, um, which was again, a very similar situation. We have Ramo, um, where we, Oh no, it was Mama Sons first. Mama Sons. Yeah. So before Ramo, there was Mama Sons and there was a place right next door to Bintang restaurant that was always empty. And throughout the years, it's been empty and tenants for a few months and been empty again and tenants for a few months. And it came to the point where I thought, okay, you know what? I really want to take the space because the, the type of tenant we usually got in there was a little bit scrupulous and will impact, uh, you know, the, the perception of Bintang. So very strategic. Yeah. I mean, when we decided we want to do something complimentary for let's give this a go, let's jump on and see if we could reach out to the landlord. I actually saw him outside the shop locking up and I, mm -hmm. I'm like, excuse me, Mr. I'm going to say Mr. Smith for now. I would, you know, I, I, I noticed your shop's empty. Do you mind if um, you gave me the opportunity to like, you know, take it out and, and, and rent it from you? And he was like, well, yeah, right now it's available. Um, and he's known me for a while. He always known of me for a while. So we kind of see each other in the street, but I've never had any reason to, to liaise and speak with him in any, for any reason. And, um, but this time I saw him and we wanted a space and he gave me the opportunity to kind of look around and I presented an offer. And that point, and this was six, seven years ago, the, the rent we, we, I proposed or where he proposed for me felt like, oh, wow, that's actually quite good. And obviously you don't take the first price and negotiate a little bit down. And, you know, it was, it was low enough to just make it an office. Yeah. All right. And I think that's what we did in the beginning. We and just think, made it an office. And, and I think the key thing I would like my advice to anybody speaking to independent landlords would be just speak to them and let them know what your position is. And I think if they genuinely believe that, you know, you're, you, you have a good intention or a good vision for what you're trying to do. I think most independent landlords would want to work with you. So I think that didn't work for me. Like, listen, I've been in the, I've been in the, <laughs> no, I mean like, for us no, now, what I mean, no, they're very no. supportive. Well, my no. my my way of getting around or how how it kind of grew in the beginning is just I've been I was in the neighborhood for so long, you know. These yeah. guys see me grow up from a kid to yeah. a, to a grown man, and and I think they were all fascinated. Well, like what was the amazing thing? Like I watched all these like like handshake deals, like while Omar was actually shaking hands with the landlord making the deal. So I think what was interesting is that every time like a building went up for like opportunity to you know, lease, you're the first person to call because you well, had such a great representation for no, Bintang well, and Guanabana. No, I, I, well, yes. Well, yeah. I, 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 but I don't entirely want to give that impression where 
they're just gonna call you and no no they're not just gonna call you, you but you're also you're so also part of the community in, uh, yeah part Camden of the community well. and and the fact that you know the our family business has been there for so long yeah they've seen me around the, the neighborhood um the ability to kind of like have that level of trust for them to say okay you know what that's a that's a foot step in into, yeah. the, into the door you know and it, it also you know when it comes to like rent you know, rent-free periods, especially if something's been closed for so long, you, you know, feel, please feel obliged or, you know, don't feel no way about asking for a rent-free period. There's no skin off their nose, especially if you present a plan to them, like, you know, what, yeah. we're here for the long term. And the fact that our restaurant, our family restaurant was being in there since 1987. I, like I told him like, yo, Mr. Smith, this, we've been here for a while. I've seen you've had tenants come in and come out and I know they've been a headache for you. I promise you, you know, we ask the landlord at the moment, there's there's been no trouble and you've been a great tenant you know i'll provide any references you have you know give me a, a period of of uh you know a rent free to allow me to build and make it work and i could promise you i'll be a great tenant for you for the long term and, and and that's what i mean by like expressing your intentions to that independent landlord because they will like take heed of like how you talk about your vision and how, how what you want to do with their space because it's also their space. Yeah, they, they well, that was my say. I probably had my reputation or, or the fact that you know, yeah, mostly my reputation to to give me that competitive edge. Yeah, to have that conversation and yeah. to have that level of trust. But yeah, and and uh, and that's you know, in the point where maybe you don't have that and you got to look around and you look for a space and you you haven't built up a rapport already or you don't you're not known in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Then yeah, then it's going to be a little bit more different, you know. So yeah. I think when it comes to trying to find independent neighborhood landlords, that I'll probably uh, recommend if this has been closed for a while, try and go to a land registry, find out who, who owns it, see if you get their contact details, write them an email or a letter, um, send a letter through the post, you know, go to that, go and put it through the letterbox yourself, have it, you know, and hopefully they'll, they'll contact you. Uh, maybe ask the neighbors and say, if anybody knows who the landlord is and knock on the doors and, you know, maybe the residents upstairs, if you're going to find that kind of property. But uh, yeah, in my case, I just so happen to see him outside. It's like, Mr. Smith, how you doing? Introduce myself as my place. You know, please, you know, can I see your spot? I mean, he gave us a great deal. He did. he did. He did. He gave us a great deal, enough for us to sit on it and use it as an office, which I was very um, appreciative of because my house was used as an office for a good few years where my spare bedroom had the, my bookkeeper, graphic designer. Yeah. Uh, my my living room was basically the, the recce room and everyone used to eat, it worked eat for a little the bit, food out definitely. of my fridge. And yeah, then after work, uh, shindigs, it just, yeah, it weren't healthy, man. You know, so I was happy to kind of move out and use that as an office in a short period. But it it kind of allowed us to sit in a space and think, okay, what are we going to do with it? Um, shall we, you know, shall we, you know, we, it wasn't any rush no, to create no. a concept no. for us to get a, a positive cash flow in order to pay the rent because the rent wasn't that much. Can you do that now? I don't know. You'll find anything like that now. You find great opportunities. There might be little corners of London where you might like, see a shop close for a while, and you know the landlord might not be proactive enough to to advertise or get out there. So you know, if you could, if you could get those kind of deals, it might be a good step for in the direction of you practicing your concept. Yeah. Especially if you don't have any um, like funding or you don't have any resources like that. I think 
that is definitely good advice to start somewhere. Maybe that's not a, that it's a little bit like hidden, like a hidden gem and in a neighborhood because they might just be um, like a good, a good place to start for, for a new brand. Yeah, just make the Lando's life, make their life easier mm. and see if you can reach out. I mean, you're not dealing with agents, but that said, it came to the point when he gave us the, the, the lease and lease was printed from a, it was it was just printed download PDF from some sort of legal website. You could get those for like fifteen quid. I think that's what most independent landlords kind of. Go oh for. yeah, unless they're a multi commercial. It depends how much you want to involve legal fees, you know, because you could, you could run up to like two grand a deal plus. It's expensive. It gets expensive and and uh, legal fees on both ends. So at that point, like May decided, you know, I mean, she, she mentioned earlier, it was a spit and handshake deal where we do have, we do have the legal documents and yeah, we both signed it and we talked about the, the lease terms and it was all specified in, in the contract, but it was a very simple two page, two, three page contract. And we just got it witnessed by the solicitor up the road and he just stamped it. You paid him a fiver, but it, I think for me, was done, you this know? was such a, it's like funny you mentioned that because I have a funny story to mention in a second. I, this is the first time for me that I was part of um, our lease signing because obviously forgot about him Bintang. Um, that was uh, the BM, the before me yeah, well, the era. F- the f- yeah, the first official time for me. Yeah. yeah. It, was that the first official time official for you? Official time, yeah. Oh. Because, yeah. That was like, my dad was involved, Bin Tang's okay. family business. So this was my first kind of like independent yeah. signing. And like when I when I heard the solicitor fees, I'm like, fuck off, bro. I don't want to pay that kind of money for. No. Just for them to look at me sign the document. We both agreed what we want to pay. But yeah, that's not that's not advice, by the way. All right? That's not advice. So, um, so yeah, when, when we went through that experience, I... I was in my head I was going through my head being like oh yo that was that wasn't so difficult was it here we go we have a shop yeah um, I mean that's what we did with um, Ramo yes as well yes we did that with Ramo um, again it was a so this is uh, this we is did not, that for all the properties yeah but I'll give you Town. another example about being proactive you find a space you like and this Ramo Kentish Town Road was you know particularly different because it was actually an operating business yes. I walked past it several times these guys just renovated and it was beautiful and I wanted it I thought wow that, that space is gorgeous I really want to move into there that would be you know and I was already playing around with ramen and bintang and I and and I realized after doing ramen as special it's just something I wanted to create in another restaurant it doesn't work if you're mixing in ramen with with you know you're making other dishes like needles and curries it just doesn't like um it was a it's too much of a pain yeah too much you need a restaurant and kitchen dedicated to ramen to make great it didn't work it didn't work yeah it needs to be a process a production line make it to make good ramen fast yeah but you you actually had the idea for ramo i think two years two three years prior to prior to that yeah like i I really wanted to open up a ramen restaurant and when i saw the space and the way it looked i'm like wow yeah this is and it was just one block up from vincent and mama son's you forced us to eat there like three times a week just so that um they would remember that we were our out. faces and we wanted to get to know the the existing that owners and tenants duck i mean unfortunately it wasn't busy for them fortunate for us 
Yeah. You know, that's just the name of the game. It's business. So when, when we did go there a few times, I introduced myself and I spoke to the owner and I got his number and I ate there a couple of times and we spoke freely and how's things and talked about my business up the road and what, you know, what they need to do to drive. But I saw they weren't really getting the, 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 um, you know, the footfall of customers they needed to, to make it work. You could tell by, you know, how empty it was a lot of times. So I, you know, tactfully sent them a message and say, Hey, you know what? I really love what you're doing. I love your business. And, um, if you ever think about, you know, um, selling it on, please consider us, you know, I don't want to disrespect you in any way. Just have me in, in the back of your head. And, you know, I'm here when you're ready to go. And I left it at that. I mean, I got a response back saying, you know what? No. Yeah. You know, hard not, no. yeah, hard. No, we're not interested. And I'm like, yeah, okay. That's, that's cool. So then we, we kind of like left it at that. I mean, they called me back uh, maybe six months later. I think about a year later. Yeah. yeah well, it was, it was, a, it was a good amount of time. Yeah. I'm like, hold on. Like, oh, she used to call me back and uh, they want to sell. And I made, they want to sell. They want to sell. I'm like, okay, you know what? Let me go take a look. Had that meeting, went to the spot and we looked around and by, and this restaurant, like I want to tell you now, uh, and what, what does cost a lot of money and soak up a lot of your, you know, your initial capital expenditure and your budget is stuff like you can't even see. It's, it's, it's the wiring, it's the electricals, it's the plumbing, it's your ventilation, it's your fire alarm panels. It's everything that keeps you, it's the regulation, it's the everything that you need to keep the restaurant open yeah. at the very foundation of keeping a restaurant open. All right. Um, they already invested in that. So obviously there's, there's a thing called a premium where that's where the time we, we negotiate a premium. Mama Sons did not have a premium. It okay. Was a and a premium is uh, a price you pay for goodwill, maybe fixtures and fittings. It's, um, it's something you would, for example, if I were to buy the kebab shop down the road and it says Johnny's kebabs, right? he would sell it to me maybe for like, say 50 grand. That's his value of his business, 50 grand. You're gonna use my name. I build it up for 10 years. That's called the goodwill. Then you got my fixtures and fittings, my my kebab machines, my fryers, my count, my table, what have you, you know? So there's there's that element. And sometimes, you know, there's a good, there's, you would like to pay the goodwill and it makes sense because you don't have to invest your time and money to do so. You know, if you were gonna get to empty uh, shell, for example. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you gotta put that money in anyway. So at that point, what, what I would kind of like say if somebody's asking for goodwill or a premium um, is usually going to be the tenant who's trying to get out of the lease. All right. And that's what she was trying to do. She was trying to get out of the lease. Yeah. Um, why? And that, and that obviously, happens. there's yeah, and that happens. You know, maybe obviously business isn't you know running. It's not up. what you expected. Exactly, and then you have bills to pay, tax to pay, and everyone's kind of on top of you, and it just doesn't make sense. You'd rather just cash out and jet, and that's it. Yeah. So. At that point, I realized, you know what, they, they quoted a price to me and it, it wasn't right. Well, it was all right, but it wasn't right. Yeah. And then I thought, you know what, oh, what do you want to pay on one? I told my price and I said, listen, I don't want to, and again, I don't want to insult you. I know how much work you put into this space is incredible. I love it. I love what you've done. But this, at this moment in time is all I could afford to pay you. She was like, oh, no, 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 I can't do that. I'm like, well, that's it, exactly. That's why I don't want to tell you my price. Yeah. So again, we parted ways another couple months later. She messaged me back, Omar, yes, let's do it. 
And at that, I think and at that, that was, point, yeah, yeah, at that point, I'm like, well, that's not the price no more. I can't do it like that. Because if you'd have told me then, I could have done it. Yeah. And then we kind of renegotiated and brought it down to a, a price where I could have moved forward, for, you know, fast. And then she needed to move fast. Yeah. You know, so I say, like, you want me to move fast and get these papers signed and bada bing, bada boom, let's do it. But this is going to be the value of your premium. I paid it off. And where, where then the, the next layer of a deal like that will kind of, um, open up is then you got to deal with an assignment of an lease. So she really has a lease of her landlord. She wasn't the landlord. She was the tenant. Yeah. So when it comes to the assignment of the lease, you speak to the landlord and whatever the lease terms are, if she's been there for, it's a 10 year lease and she's been there for five years, there's only five years of the lease. Then if the landlord gives her the permission, they can't withhold, you know, you know, without any good reason, but if they give the permission to, to assign the lease, then I get the remainder of the lease and all the terms that are in there. So it's important to to read what she signed and when you get an assignment in. And I think with, with this deal in Kenish Town, it's quite different from the rest, even though it was still kind of a um, um, handshake deal. You know, there was still a lot of processes there where I feel like you you were right to hold off and stand your your um, ground on your on your prices and your decisions. And I think, you know, Ramo was such a concept that you've had, like you had prior to that three years before and having a concept that you were so passionate about. I could I could see it in your in your face that you really wanted it so badly, but were you gonna pay that premium just to have it? And it was good that you kind of stuck it out. And even if you, we were this close for Ramo not even existing, you still stuck by it and you got the best. Because there's other opportunities that will come yeah. out. Yeah. Um, but this was a great space. This one, you Even the initial, like the first price was probably fair, but in that climate during that time. Yeah. I like, I'm sure she went around to ask other people, you know, yeah. would you want to, she couldn't find it. So whatever the, the market value is, the market value, what you're prepared to pay. They probably invested maybe 150 grand in renovating the whole space, mm -hmm. but you get it for a fraction of price because you need a, you need to hop out and like, you know, cut your losses. And I think again, like it comes with again, that, that in the neighborhood, you know, we were kind of known to make our restaurants work despite them all being next to each other. And that's what helped with the assignment of the lease. So the landlord was like, who are these tenants? What is the history? What reputation do they have? You know, so. And with that, bada bing, bada boom, we got Rambo. Yeah, but we got, we got obviously get your solicitors involved. When it comes to assignment, get them involved. And let's see what, you know, just make sure that your I's and T's are crossed and dotted. Um, I'm not a good reader and I didn't believe in legal advice for a while because of how much they pay. But a good lawyer, a good solicitor will actually save you money. That's and, so true. And I've had to over time learn that. So, um, But moving on to the more... Uh, different type of no, well we haven't touched on moi moi which ah. is as well on kenish Sound road oh yes yes okay. that was uh i'm gonna call him mr um mr lee mr lee mr lee okay all right mr lee for moi moi was actually moi moi used to be uh, a chinese takeaway called zing zing all right they had several branches scattered around north london and overnight they, they seem pretty successful but overnight um, they, they just closed down the, the staff came in and they asked, you know, they didn't know, but they closed down permanently and the stuff like they came in to see us because do you know what's going on next door? The doors are locked. They've changed the keys. I'm like, I don't have a clue. And, I'm, and then in my mind, okay. It very looks, dramatic. Yeah. Very dramatic. And it looked like the landlord's gone and, 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 you know, just 
yeah, that's it. Just shut shop. Anyway, um, I got the details of the tenant that he didn't do a runner. Some some tenants do that. They run off and and all three months worth of rent, pay all maybe two three quarters of VAT and have a bunch of liability stuck, and they've just done a runner. They didn't do that. They obviously. Where they decided to operate in another establishment that that, that space didn't make sense. For yeah, them. they they just moved. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't inform their team though, or they did. I, I mean, I can't speak on that. But people have many reasons. There's many we reasons. We don't know why. We don't know why. So left. then, I proposed maybe a negotiation with him and decided to like, how long do you have of your lease? And he was he was just going to close it and pay off his rent in the meanwhile. And uh, I said, well, let me let me buy it off you. And you know, at that point, there was a lot of friars and. And it was already done. Yeah, it, was done. it was a quick service concept. And I really wanted to venture into the quick service concept because it's something I've never done with all casual dining restaurants. With quick service concept, I thought, yeah, we managed to negotiate. And then that was it. We got the, we got the price. Again, the same sort of negotiate. It took, it took about a, a few weeks. But we got a price that worked for us. Yeah. And that's what forced us to create uh, a variation of, and uh, plus, we just had too much property on on the street already to let um, someone well, we know the, come into the street. But that landlord was already our landlord for Panadera. Yes. Yes. So um, listen, the timelines all mixed up, but he already knew us. So he was. He said, "Listen, guys." You know, I'll definitely assign a lease to you. You know, he even gave us little hints like, listen, you could get the, the premium for a lot cheaper. Um, just don't tell him I said that. Well, <laughs> but anyway, um, we got the deal good. And then, and then that's it. And that's why more and more, more and more. So let's move forward. All right. Well, that's all of Kentish so Town. So Kentish Town, your neighborhood landlords, neighborhood tenants, spit handshake deals. If you know. Definitely you know, a lot of charm and sweet Exactly. You need a lot finding, of that. It's getting around and, and, and going around and making sure you introduce yourself and just getting yourself out there. If if you like a particular store or shop now the big the big one the right big fish the big fish is um it's it's the one that i probably get off the most i'm gonna let you i'm gonna talk about this yeah but i want to say my first part of this big one there was a there was a time when may comes running and it goes oh my god oh my god oh my oh my, oh my. you know guess who just called us Jesse just called us and he want us to open up a mama sons in in chinatown <laughs> and i'm like what? Wait, 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 relax, man, relax. What are you talking about? They want us to open up a restaurant in Chinatown. And Mama Sons, Mama Sons. And I'm like, who does? And they, the Shaftesbury, I never heard of them before, but they're one of the biggest landlords in, in central London. Yeah. And um, one of their brokers called. And I'm like, hold up, mate. Listen, listen, I know why I don't trade in central London. Well, back then, it's because of the, the damn rents. So you have May's kind of, you know, uh, naivety, but, you know, in terms of experience, and there's me like, you know, kind of like uh, weathered and 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 uh, grumpy and like pessimistic, and there's her optimistic naivety. And she was like, no, 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 no. Well, I was, I was, I was twenty, like, so definitely, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So how much? How much is how much is the rent? She's like, oh yeah, a hundred grand. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Are you mad? I was getting a nosebleed just hearing that <laughs> hearing that number. I'm like, what are you talking about? A hundred grand? No way are we going to open up a business a hundred grand rent a year. Listen, we're, this was Kenish Town. This was like this was the no go area of Kenish Town because it was such a you know back then a rougher part of Kentish. It was you know the rents reflected that and that allowed us you know. But because of our marketing, we managed to make that a destination. That's that's another tip we could give you. All right, if you are going to find something a bit cheaper, put the work in to make people come to see you. All right. Um, 
but a place like Chinatown or central London locations, the, the landlords know their worth. They know the footfall and you won't have to put in those, that kind of investment or work to kind of, I mean, you, that's the, that was back then you didn't have to. And that's why they would have that, that kind of, uh, Listen, we didn't have marketing back then as we do like we do yeah, now. Of course. It was like you put your you put an ad in the in the camera. Listen, we journal. didn't have anything we didn't have anything back then. It was just me and you and that was it. Yeah. So I mean, so yeah, it was very, very and I was very skeptical. He was very you know what? I won't. I won't ever no, forget this story yeah. either because I think this is the first time we disagreed, and since like you know we've been working together for nearly ten years now together, yeah. and um, we've had many disagreements. We've had them. many disagreements. I don't think I can't recall since then what we've agreed on. Yeah. All right, but we've had many disagreements since then. But then, this yeah. one was probably our first one. First one, but the, yeah, and then. Um, and I, I, I remember like saying, okay, you know what, you know what, let's just be rational about this. I'm going to, and I understand, oh, we should do, we should do it. I'm like, hold on. There are, there are businesses in central London and they are working. If they're working and they're operating no, I, I and creating cash flow. For me, I think Chinatown, um, Mom's Son's Chinatown was probably the first project that I've worked on where I truly felt like, okay, this is another level. Like, you know, the way me and you um, scrutinized our numbers and we went through it. I think our first initial reaction together is because I'm so used to how we we get property in Kenish Town when you go, hey, May, like, there's this new property next to so-and-so. And me and you, like, high five and, like, kind of, like, plan it out in the middle of the night and bang it out with a new concept. And that's fun for us. We love doing that. So for me, when I got the call, for Mom's Son's Chinatown and you know it was very quick it was very instant you know they they called me up and I, I, I answer and th th that's a big reason why I, I answer every phone call I get like because it could be an opportunity it could be an opportunity that's yeah. like my one rule I don't care if it's a it's it's a scam call or whatever I'll answer every call yeah I get a call I'm like shit why the fuck are you calling me mate do you it's listen, true how dare you call me <laughs> listen if you're a mate text me man I'm doing you know so no but I'll answer uh, she's very she, mate is extremely good at, at um, picking up the phone and I thought I, 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 they called and I said hey like you know I didn't know who Shaftesbury was at the time or any landlord in central London and I said oh I'm calling because there's this opportunity in Chinatown and I'm thinking god I'm gonna be taken for yeah. a ride today because there's no way they want us but to she, be in she, Chinatown. she came into Guanabana screaming and jumping like oh my god oh my god I mean, no, so you weren't there and no, I remember you when you yeah, saw yeah. so me I there. went first I said let me try my chances let me just see meet up with this person it's just a coffee um, I'll run away if there's anything weird because I was by myself and you, were, you think you were away somewhere and I went to see it I called you I took a black cab home because I was so excited. I, I walked into the space and it was next to surgery and I was such a big fan of surgery and Kapacha. I, I used to go there all the time. And when I saw both these two brands, I was like, oh my God, yeah. we're going to be next to surgery and Kapacha. And that's and how we, I we felt. Lo we love, like I, as we mentioned before, we love surgery. Yeah. And we, I used to go. Like when I saw them, I, I knew. I used to go to the Soho branch all the time. Yeah. And when you told me, okay, this is the plans they have for the street and they're trying to redevelop. And I remember Chinatown. And that's just when I came I back and I ran into Guanabana telling yeah, you about it. me about it. I'm like, okay, hold on. And then I was like, no, that's too expensive. I mean, you know what? I came to the point and said, you know what? If they're surviving there and they're making it work, selling ice cream or selling bubble, Tea. No, first, 
first you gave me a really hard time about it. You were of like, of course I'm going to give you a time about you it. You were like, no, no way. You. you want me to like, joke? How could you agree listen, to this? Listen, gentlemen, um, ladies and gentlemen, if somebody <laughs> comes up to you and says, you know what, can we drop a hundred grand on this project? You didn't or, even let me speak. Give them a hard time. Please give them a hard time. All right. Yes. I, I'm glad you gave me a hard of time. Of course. And I'm glad I gave you a hard time about like, if I just bent down every time you said, can we just, can we just do it? Nah. Mate, of course. But, but didn't we do it? Yeah, so this is what we need to do. I said, well, listen, we'll do this, but let's do our numbers. If the numbers make sense, we'll do this. All right? So we went down there, went with a clicker, and we counted. We counted. That's true. We counted uh, the, the business on that street and different businesses, and we counted how many customers they were coming in during different parts of the day. We calculated the average spend per head. We did the numbers, and from that cash flow, we understood it. We made a... A worst case scenario, you know, an average scenario and best case scenario. And from the worst case scenario numbers, it made sense. It made sense. We were like, fuck, even if we just didn't, but yeah, but well, even we before could still we did. pay the rent. We could still pay the bills. We could still, and like, you know what? That's what, let's, let's, let's do it. And for me, like the reason why I was so excited when we first got the call was because, you know, I think we still do it now until this day was when I saw Sujuri and I saw Kapacha like in, in the, in, in either side of where Mama Sons is now. I, I just knew that like that brand alignment to having, you know, surgery was like my favorite, like dessert parlor, um, that I, that I frequently went to and cup of was something that was my favorite dessert yeah. parlor and cup which I took you to and became no, her favorite. Didn't. That's, That's such a lie. Know. I'm a London. This is my, my town. No, right. anyway. anyway, and, and cup was something just because I answered the call. It's Listen, okay. It's okay. We did the numbers Yoke. together. Yokin was yours. Okay. Okay. Fine. Sidgeri was mine. No, no. I used to take okay. my mom there to, to that Soho. Okay. Job. Okay. Okay. But, um, no. Delicious, yeah. Yeah. Delicious. But Kapacha as well. Like that was, I like. Yeah. You were, you were a massive bubble tea. I had like Kapacha nearly every day. Yeah. She knew all the brands of the, of Kapacha from. Yeah. Ubu, Ubu and, yeah. Yeah. And, and I just and I I just knew that that was going to be right for us. Like you know, obviously with the numbers and and all everything else factored in, that was when I was like, Omar, I'll I'll do anything for this site. I really will. Yeah, and I'll be like, okay, let's do the numbers. And I remember the numbers make sense. We'll do it. And after I said that, I remember. We we finally said okay. I think let's take a look at the lease. And, and we took that we took a look at the lease. <laughs> <laughs> this is what my uh, funny story was. And then we got the lease from these landlords, right? Yeah. Like, Holy <laughs> shit, man! They was, were eighty pages you, long. You, I don't know if you if you guys remember, but back in the nineties, like every household had uh, a bookcase full of encyclopedias, like like every range from A to Z. And the, the first one was Aardvark, and I think that's all I got up to. By the way, was Aardvark. After that, I just tapped out but to tell you know like this contract was one of those books mate that was yeah it was this thick and this is my funny story about that when we got the lease and Omar said okay let's let's take a look at the lease we did the numbers like rough numbers it might work let's see what the conditions are and we got the lease and it was 80 pages long and the only reason why I remember how long it was is because you said to me, this is when you were being really hard on me. You were like, do you really want this space? Do you really want this, that Mamas wants to be here? And I said, yes. And he was like, okay, before we even ask solicitors, I want you to go through this 80 page lease and tell me why it's worth it. And I go, fuck. 
I can't believe it, but they they give you so there's there's the main points which are called head of, heads of terms. Yeah, they're the pretty things that yeah, you need like to do. It's on one page. Yeah. Rent, lease length, um, rent review period. Mm-hmm. Just the main main, main, the main points. But then there's like the lease, the lease, the serious stuff. Which I yeah, I don't even know what's on that stuff. I can't remember. I've gone through how many and I don't know. And so this is where you know, may read it, and this is where. Um, this is where you get your money's worth from a from a yeah. solicitor, and you make. Sh- but I'm I'm still happy that you gave me that challenge because I think now that was an advantage for me now because when I do talk to our solicitor because we we ended up engaging in the end because even though I read it, it it's another language. You it's know? another language, and it's it's actually points. Sometimes they like sometimes they miss out points. They do. They, they do. miss out points, and then because you know you do your due diligence and you go for it like you know you go for it like your life dependent especially if you're putting that that kind of money right and so we had like say for example the, the rents like, oh, let's give you it's a ballpark say 100 grand okay and but that's not the rent guys I won't tell you what the rent is but it's high alright say it's 100 grand they need a three month rent deposit is it three months or six months three months sometimes three sometimes, sometimes six sometimes six you know 100 that's I mean pulling out 30 grand out of nowhere well you gotta pull it out somewhere then there's stamp duty and then you gotta see us that rent deposit if your business succeeds you'll never get it back because it's only you'll get it back when you leave I mean you could have terms on it which we should have put in where after five years we could get back a rent deposit or whatever but you could in hindsight we should have done that if we decide to leave in the future and we leave it in the right condition there's no reason for them to keep any of our deposit and we get it back with interest if that's in the contract okay so yeah, you got to make sure that you read it. You 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 have good legal advice and consult. Yeah, I mean, we live in the world, like Omar loves to say, in the information world, where you could possibly search up anything and everything on Google, and that's exactly what I did. Anything I didn't understand, I was like, okay, I don't understand this one paragraph here. Google Let me it, take mate. a look at it. Let me take Google a look it, at mate. it. And when it came to yeah. you know our solicitors meeting, basically Omar sat in the corner and waited for me and my solicitor to talk if it was actually a good deal or not and he basically got to read the heads of terms and say yep i like it let's go yeah yeah all right i read the heads of terms but no way am i reading that lease word for word no i skimmed through it which was my due diligence you were in a layer you were a layer of due diligence and she was a very expensive layer no i just wanted i wanted to show you how much i wanted to do it you didn't think i was gonna do it that's why i did it I, I don't think you're going to read a lease. Yeah. No, I mean... Like the 80 pages. I, I, you were going to read it. I, I was going to read it. it. Yeah, yeah, I know that. I don't have that much... That much no faith in you. <laughs> but... All right, so... Um, yeah, so let's let's move on. All right, so now... We got the lease. We got the lease and we opened up and that's another story, another podcast altogether. So now you're in this world of like... we Now, this is the difference. This is the neighborhood kind of uh, deals and this is the, the big boys. You're in the big boy realm right now. You're dealing with, you know, the same tenants that Shaftesbury have are like Starbucks. That kind of gave, yeah. like, a little bit gave me a bit of a... You know... Um, big global brands and yeah, there we were exactly there we were dealing with a, but you know what what we love about 
the big, you know, the big kind of corporate brands like Shaftesbury at the moment, they have a division to take care of. Oh, their support support is small amazing. independents. I mean, they they you know they could get anyone in the in these locations, anyone they want, but they're very selective about who they chose and the why they reached out to us. And you know, at that time, we were making a lot of noise with our concept, Mama Sons, and you know, we, we were quite popular on, on it, a social scene. And it got back to one of their brokers and how they really wanted it would be great to. Um, have Mama Sons as part of the Chinatown fabric. So it was like they were curating, curating yeah. the area and being selective. That's, about that's exactly brands. what they do. And yeah. I forgot to mention, like before we got the lease, I call it our, our X factor moment, you know? So, you know, it was kind of final stages. We were happy with the heads of terms. We are ready for this project. And I think the broker at the time said to me, um, actually may like one, one last thing is, um, the, the, the main people of Shaftesbury, which I won't say, want to come down to Kenish town to try your products oh, to, yeah. to see if it was right. And my heart was palpitating you guys so see, hard. Are, I mean, back then it was a tiny little, like six seater ice cream parlor. And we had these big dogs coming down. Like I did. It was like ice cream X factor. Yeah. You know, that, I, I, I call it that all the time. It was right. like X factor. So we closed the whole shop for, for just the landlords to come. And, um, I thought there was only one or two. There was like five of them that came. It was like a committee. Yeah. And yeah. we were there explaining. They the, were in the, full the, the, suits at the, the time. Or maybe I'm just the, like imagining that now, but they were definitely dressed yeah, up. And like, they were tasting the ube and tasting the bill and the hala hala. I explained to them how to eat hala hala. Like, I think me and mm. you gave like the the biggest performance of life that day. It was a pitch of day. a lifetime, yeah. And, and um, the thing about them was they didn't speak. Yeah, I mean, they spoke. Like, oh, they spoke to each other. Uh, yeah. and they. But when they spoke, it was like, I mean, they left. That was, that was they good. Left and that I was, was like, what the fuck was that? They didn't say if they liked it. They didn't say if they enjoyed it. Yeah. They kind of looked at each other, gave the broker a little look as well. And I'm there looking at Omar being like, oh my God, what's going on? Why is this so, so tense? But you all know what happened. And they left. They left. And I think that day when they left, I, I remember being severely upset because you went through that whole process. We didn't, we didn't like the energy. Like usually I could, you, yeah. you could feel the energy and you feel uh, like, okay, what happened? But then, yeah. you know, they the broker says, he's like, oh, you know what? That we'll be in touch. And I was like, we'll be in touch. That's like retail for we're breaking up or we didn't get it. And I'm like, We'll be in touch. I was like, oh no, it's not happening. I think I was upset for about one hour and I got an email saying, congratulations. Great. Like we like one. And I think I ran back. Congratulations. hundred grand a year, please. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I ran back into Guanabana and screamed and told everybody that we got it. So yeah. um, that was, that was nice. That yeah, was no, nice. It was finish. really, it was a really good. I mean, there was the build, but again, that's another podcast, another day. Um, but let's, let's bring it back to, let's bring it back to, uh, the biggest, the biggest, well, not the biggest, another big boy. I All think right. in terms of experience, not oh, in terms of um, experience, like jumping through hoops. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like this was. Yeah, we had a little committee coming out to try ice cream. You know, you go back to our landlords, it's just giving them a bit of a, you know, uh, a bit of a charm, and then you know, give them a little pitch about the neighborhood and how long you've been there for. Now you got Westfield. All right. And to big boy, big boys to deal with. And like, if we thought the 
80 page lease for so so the funny thing about this was after the whole um chinatown shaftesbury experience i was pretty chuffed at myself and how much i learned and and at the time we were also doing ramo in soho which we'll talk about in a second um and and that time we were doing three openings and i think our game plan was like divide and conquer so um you were dealing with the ramo and i was dealing with westfield and i was like you know what omar I got Westfield. I got this. This is easy, mate. After Shaftesbury, nothing else is going to be in my way. And I was like, yeah, go for it. Let me know how it goes. I'll, I'll see you when you get back. And that was it. And I, I remember taking my first meeting with Westfield. And I kid you not, we I did not understand anything while I was there. I had my I had my book out. I had my drawings out of how I wanted Westfield to look, and and when they go, okay, it's time for us to go into the meeting room. I was like, oh God, this isn't the meeting. No, 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 no. it was a big board. Yeah, so they take me to a boardroom, and I'm absolutely shitting myself she because got, she got her like color by number plan. Yeah, because <laughs> you know that. <laughs> That's what we did for for Chinatown, and yeah, I'm I thinking. Like, <laughs> honestly, they probably had a great time seeing me like squirm. But I went into that room, and I got anyway. I, I got up my notebook and I wrote down everything I didn't understand, like the same way I tackled that lease. And it was it was like they were speaking in English, but you just didn't understand it. It wasn't even um, like code, it, it, like it was, it was, for retail yeah. or commercial. It was Westfield code. You, you know what the difference was? Because there's a certain set of criteria you need to build in Westfield. And, you know, the... the, the they are so strict. Their jargon, internal jargon for... Yeah. You know, so you had commercial a, a jargon. A bunch of regulation. Yeah. We, we were proactive and, and very hands-on in probably 90% of the building in Chinatown. Mm-hmm. So they, we kind of evolved how we did stuff in the neighborhood. I think, and, I think... we doubled down. But then yeah. come Westfield and... Different, and It's different. Like, I couldn't show up with my DeWalt drill and start screwing... You can't. Planks you of wood need to tell at least five people if you want to get a screwdriver out. Like, you, I'm telling you now, like, it was... It was a shocking and great experience for me because how they operate was such a big learning curve for me because it made sense why they did everything the way they did it at the time for me i'm like god i know someone that could build me this and i won't have to go through all of this but for them it was you know you're not just coming in here as your own brand you're coming in into their brand into westfield itself and you have to kind of follow their guidelines and their rules and that's why even though you know at the time i was very confident with my regulations or uh you know commercial jargon they had a whole new level of jargon yeah rightly so i mean especially as we were going for a kiosk project so you had the aspect of like you can't just again show up in the middle of the floor and start building there needs to be a set time a set duration you need to have what's those things called again with the the paneling of uh, the the board. It's the first time I ever used that word. Was the hoarding? The hoarding. Hoarding. Hoarding sounds like something you'll do for fun back in the early nineties. Yeah, uh, I was there but just to hoarding costs us like six fucking grand. All right, and that was just wood paneling to cover up the work, mate. And, and then, you had to do it. And you need to go through the design process of hoarding and how would it look in the middle of the uh, of the um, of the um, mall. And what design would we have on it? And, you know. You know what? But it was uh, probably for me 
one of the best experiences I've had, even though it was probably the most stressful experience I've had. Like after the build was done, obviously your hoarding is thrown away. I wanted to keep this hoarding. We like, did keep it. We did keep it. We threw it away eventually. Like no way am I going to throw it away. No, we kept away. two pieces of it from memory. Did we? We still yeah, got it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I didn't want to throw away any of it. Six grand. I'm like, no, for the next build, we'll do that. But you're never going to use it again, you know? And you, you, you yeah, anyway, listen. There was a, this was the most expensive project we've ever done in our life, man. This just sucked up design time. It sucked up. Um, we were there from like. I was there from like 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. That was the Ramo soft launch. So you were in the kitchen. I was in Ramo. So yeah, this, this was, a, yeah. this it was 2021, probably the hardest year of our life. Three openings, right? We just got done opening Panadera. And that was a that was another like whoa. I mean <laughs> That's another podcast. Yeah, that's not I mean Soho and Westfield. All right. I mean I just you know, every time we will catch up and on over the phone, May and I and I'm like, how much is it? What did that cost? You know, it was how hot. much is it gonna cost us? And it just rolled and it's nonstop. Like we were pulling funds from anywhere um we could, you know, yeah. wherever if if Mama Sons or Ramo and Kentish or or you know uh Guanabana was making a little bit more extra cash flow, we pulled it out just to pay for both of these projects that we're running. I think it wasn't time. helpful as well because the only reason why those two projects collided together was because of like the COVID. COVID, yeah. And the opportunity. So yeah. Rama was such a great opportunity. It was one of those golden opportunities that I don't think we'll ever get again because of like. No, we will get. Let's set it out to the universe. We're gonna get. No, with those terms, I'm telling you no, now. They were great terms, but listen, we took the risk. Yeah, man, it was COVID. No That's one, true. That's no true. No one was on the street. There's probably you know 50 percent of commercial units have are empty because people want don't want to pay the rent. They've jumped out. Yeah, it was that that loan that was that was given out by the government. Everyone took. You know, a lot of people took it and like fucked off and said, you know what, fuck this i'm not i'm not coming back to open up an empty restaurant yeah. and so, i think the reason why those terms were quite favorable as well is because there was kind of a history for that site not performing so well um yeah and it was covid and it was covid it was covid yeah. so like do you, we've had the you know the performance history of of uh of previous tenants in addition to you know the world might end but please rent this out because we're going to give you a good deal and um, those two factors together, you know, we decided, you know what, this is a good deal. This it, We will bounce back. Things will normalize. We had this optimism about, you know, how things were going to turn out. And I mean, we didn't have the opportunity like we did for Chinatown to go visit this, this no, place. Yeah, no, no, we don't. We were meant to go see the street. We saw the location, but it was like it was a ghost town. You know, I couldn't yeah. go there with my clicker. How many people walking in and out of shops? You know, so and that's why all of them have been quite different. They all been very different to yeah. understand. Yeah. So now, like uh, back to Westfield. Westfield. Yeah. I think for me, this project was probably like an eighth, eight months project, and it wasn't a project. It wasn't a way that I was used to working because we were, me and Omar have been so used to just get the property. All right, let's pick the paint color tonight. Let's pick the tiles tomorrow. And then boom, we're going to build it tomorrow. I must have been in and out of Leyland's. Leyland's is like a DIY store. <laughs> At least ten times a day in Soho, you can't you can't do that for Westfield. And so I, just tell them about. So you need to engage with uh, a certain. Yeah, uh, I'm about to yeah, yeah please. So with this project, it was it was one. So that's what I found out in this board meeting that I didn't understand. So they actually asked me in this board meeting, saying, "So who's your design team and your um your fit out crew?" And in my head, 
I was like, uh, oh, me and Omar are going to design it. <laughs> and they must have laughed their bloody heads off now? when I said that. Yeah. They kind of had a little smile, wrote it down. And that's like, what we've done all the time. Yeah, we, yeah. Last year was yeah for us, we've never had anyone design our place before. And then they were like, so who's your fit out team? And I was like, I'm not sure. What, is there any requirements for fit out for, for um, doing it in Westfield? And they were like, well, yeah, you know, they need all these um, certifications, regulations, da, 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 da. And straight away, I knew it was basically not our fit out team. And I and they said at the end very kindly and politely, would you like to rec- us to recommend you um, a list of um, contractors and designers for you? Who you know, have experience building. On I didn't find that out till like the second meeting. So I contact all these. So they gave me a, a like like a very concise list. What I'm not allowed to talk about what the list is. And they said basically these are our you know recommendations. And after a few calls, I com- like like very quickly pieced it together why they were the recommendations. They were basically all the uh, contractors that have worked on Westfield. Now they're not saying you can't have your own contractor or your own design team. That's not ever worked with them, but they have a, a long uh, test is what I call it. I, I, I gauge, um, complexity by the thickness of paperwork again this was not a lease and then the lease was that big all right their regulation kind of requirements were about from this to like at least a foot high bit. at that time i was not reading those i i was like no way um so after engaging with a few designers and realizing hold on a minute they all talk kind of similar they all have you know like jargons that i don't understand and i have to kind of flick through all these pages to be like, okay, RD78, what what the fuck I just say here? And then at that time, me giving that to, and so I actually did reach out to a friend of ours who is a qualified designer that has a fit out team that could facilitate this project. And even he was like, May, go with the list. Go with the list, yeah. That list all is going to know. That we usually deal with. Yeah. They were intimidated and yeah. said, nah, we can't do this. And um, and I and I said, you know what? I, I managed to go through that list and I actually picked out one of them who was really, you know, understood our vision. They were great. And they really, really did a great job with Bumsan. So that was really good. And for them, the, straight away when I called them and we engaged and I told them the project... They already possibly had the project done in like a week. And for me, that was like, my mind was blown, you know, from like where you pick up the cup to how you put it in the bin. They presented us a mood board. It was insane. With different textures and colors and like, yeah, you know, the mood board, we had that mood. We felt, ooh, it made it evoked a mood in me. That made me feel, yeah, this is cool. You know, I felt like rubbing some of these things against my face. Like, I really like the way it feels against my cheek. And they were like, you know, what, what do you think about these textures? textures, And what do you think about these colors together? And, you know, what is your opinion? And I was like, damn, this these guys did all the work for us, you know. Normally, it would be, we would be in Leyland's for four hours and bringing, like, all the marble samples and whatever else with us and putting them together and touching it. But this time... You know, that's when I knew, you know, the way we worked or again, it was another level up for me from from Chinatown having to liaise with someone like that. I want to add again, it's very, extremely pricey. And she likes to think that way. She likes the way that works. 
I, it's not that I like the way it works. Do you know what? Like I don't like the way that works. I I enjoy I enjoy our small builds together because that's where I feel like we add most. I don't of our like it either. I don't like nowadays. I don't like. I like it's just stress, man. I did enjoy it. I like. I'm hands in. Like, yeah, I'm talking about when we enjoy my it. tools. I bring down my tools as well, and um, yeah. yeah, whatever. You know, I was burning wood for Shug Shuggy Barn and Ramo for like three days straight. Man. But I think that's why now, like you know, I'm I. The reason why I don't like what you what you're about to say, yeah, because it comes with a hefty fucking price, mate. All right, but again, if you want to roll, but with the big boy, let me rebuttal with you on that one. The reason why you don't like what I didn't even say is because what what you want to say is <laughs> because if you had to and you had to pick a choice between reading a syllabus of of regulations that you didn't even understand after you read it would you not just trust someone a professional to tell you how it's going to work and then on top of that they yeah. are they are there to meet that deadline so for example it wasn't even that i wanted to go that route it was there's no choice but to go for that route and with westfield they want a fast turnaround any of these big players want they want it in four weeks they want it in two months and i think okay that that kind of stuff is impossible with like you know our little our little crew in kenish town or even even a more established like independent crew but it is possible with with a with a crew that has a factory in pool that has a cnc machine that has like I, router I templates online my boy is my uh, like i'm gonna call him john uh rastafarian he's been the next convict for 10 years or uh um i'm gonna say uh mark my uh extremely like strong polish builder he was just gonna rip out anything and got anything in like five minutes all right that crew don't work, mate. They don't. No, it doesn't work. Not wear, for that. We don't wear a high vis, you know. So. And I think you know, there's pros and cons to that. Like with Westfield, it wasn't because I wanted to do that. Trust me, like that process was still a massive learning learning curve. It was the only way to achieve a project like okay. that. Yes. So we have the, like yes. If you wanna, if, if when you're playing on that game, you playing that game, and you wanna, you wanna play with the big boys and it also in places saves us, like Westfield. Yeah. Yes, it saves, saves us, us time, time, but it costs you. Need to have the money behind. You need you. to have the money. I don't recommend um, jumping into your project unless you have. I mean, like a key. No, I don't recommend going for a designer and a, a fit out team like that. If you, if it's if, your first business, no, one hundred. No, if you don't have the cash unless flow, it's Westfield, <laughs> and if you don't have the cash flow and the investment. Hell no. You know, so just to wrap up that part, you know, May, you needed a, there's a lot of uh, consultants you had to deal with and pay for what well, we had to pay for. Yeah. Right. You had to, you know, go check out prefab, you know, yeah. where did you go? I went to Paul. Paul, go go check out the uh, the factory that prefab the kiosk. And then but you know what? They told me that it wasn't like often that clients went to check on it. So they were pretty surprised that I actually. Yeah, but I mean that kind of you know that whole process of you get you get what you pay for in terms of the amount of headache you you don't want to deal with. All right, but it's very expensive, and if you want to play that game and play with the big boys in a place like in a super mall like Westfield, then I'm sure obviously there's there's going to be regulations in place to protect not only um, their reputation and brand but the customers that come in and out of it every day. So, yeah. That's my, I mean, yeah, it was expensive. It was and, very, but, very expensive. But we're going to do it again. 
hopefully we will 100 we'll do, do it again all right so let's talk about now the future and what we're prepared to do. just just funny enough that this this has been scheduled in but we went to go see a few properties over the last um yeah over the last couple of days yeah and we've even the last few weeks actually. last few weeks yeah so what, what we've noticed is a lot of a lot of food store hand, handlers and a lot of uh, maybe supper club operators are looking for a property and looking to kind of venture out and, and expand their brand and our, our future growth plans for 2023 um, we've, we're exploring, you know, market stalls, you know, it's almost like going backwards and, and I think a lot of people now, especially after how dining habits is a bit different from after COVID is they want to go to a place that has variety. They might want to now, have like a few bites and then part a year up. Or well, like you got like, you like over the last few years, you had yeah. arcade, um, JKS market halls, that business model to, to, you know, take over a large space or create a large space with different vendors yeah. where, you know, the public could come in and have a, have a choice of, you know, starters, I'm going to have, you know, some chicken satay. I might have a burger for my mains with a side of, uh, you know, chapatis. You know, and you could have that choice now with the, with these new massive. Yeah, I love it. Who's, yeah, they're, they're great. Um, and you know, that's one of the things where okay, you know, is that going to be the food scene? You got seven dollars as well. Is that the future scene of um, London dining? And that's something we, we we reflected on, and thought, you know what? Uh, yeah, it may, it may it may look like a, a step back for what our growth kind of strategy initially was. You know, open up in central, get the brand out there, get people to know the brand. But there are opportunities, you know, in, in stalls. And I think for us, like for us, for me, anyway, the reason why a stall layout or format was interesting was because, you know, we did like, you know, the bricks and mortar sites and big projects and stuff like that. And after doing them consecutively for, for the last five years, I really just wanted to do something that was, you know, a bit low risk low level stress yeah low level stress low risk low level stress something where I didn't need a designer something yeah. that we could knock out in like you know three weeks and yeah and over time we've kind of we've built up um, we've built up efficiencies that we're able to leverage so as if you were an independent looking for a store it would be a lot of work no matter what you open up a restaurant yeah. it be a lot of work there's only 24 hours in a day yeah you're still going to work 16 to 18 hours if you want to make it successful well you know, we we explored the whole stall concept and and you know diversified the into there. The we can leverage the food we already do now. The team we already have. It's easier for us to kind yeah. of. We don't need to operate that as possibly an independent. Yeah, I think for us this is more of a, a nice exercise to kick off our twenty twenty three. We didn't do anything last like twenty twenty two in terms of openings but what we what i'm you know what we're doubling down on right now is efficiencies and sops and operations and, and getting our brands out there as much as we can yeah what i you know one of these things that i'm, I'm obsessed about right now i don't want to we don't want to build on a house of cards no as much as 2022 was you know great for growth three openings in one year again it was the worst year of our lives and that's six months after that we're probably lost six worst six months after it's just once you finish building you turn around and you go holy shit 
you know I this think is also, fucking up bad reviews whatever you know you gotta fix this all up all your plates which you you previously spun are starting to drop once you build up three new plate spinning contraptions and the goal is here is to keep everything spinning whilst we open up others all we need to do is go back to that plate and just give it a little push and spin that and this this is this this is the the purpose of great systems and great kind of structures oh and, but we're and definitely gonna have there. a podcast on systems and operations hell yeah man that's another listen that's another talk for another day but, <laughs> and that's that's giving us the reason why right now 2023 we want to we want to open up and explore 10x yeah. okay and i think for us um 2023 with 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 these market holes concepts it was an interesting one for me because we frequently get asked to um do plenty of events it could be like anything you name it from taste of london to pop-ups um in uh what do you call that festival the massive like festival glastonbury yeah, or whatever like those those month. things and weddings and etc and i and i always wonder man how do these guys like it's just build well. yeah build it's their stress. thing and get out of there it's as hard. fast as possible the ones that succeed are the ones who you who manage to build efficiencies and and treat that as a you know uh, a project which you need to create org- organizational structures in i mean i've seen the ones that come in they you they know, smash year it man yeah you're after the same people who do really well and, and you know your first experience in any sort of like festival it's like getting slapped with a wet fish like all night man it is hard I mean, you, yeah. after a heavy day of trade you gotta pack up clean up ro- roll out mm, you know what I like a bricks and mortar you know yeah. I'm not gonna lie I like a bricks and mortar but you know what I just think it needs to be it needs to be done we need to explore all avenues and okay so we're just saying our stores are great right now and we are exploring it i think to test out any new concepts or to test out like maybe a spin-off of, of or a variation of an existing concept is or to test out a new catchment without yeah. putting a, a, a massive amount of like capital expenditure and investment it is a great way to do that there's a way to test out and then get you know it's brand awareness as well yeah you know but you sure. gotta be very careful you want to open up you know you might you, you've established several several brands in, in you know prestigious locations I and mean, you go to some backstreet street market you know for some store i mean unless it's part of your your marketing strategy like like cortez did with you know selling their their clothing yeah all right in shepherd's bush, in market. Shepherd's bush market that was genius by the way but unless it's part of that then it kind of looks like okay how i think you need to look at how like is it, how's it helping your brand this cash flow is one aspect but how is it helping your brand and build that brand perception it's that brand you know, alignment it's again. That, yeah and we still we're still having these debates you know you know all the time great cash flow but is it good for the brand is it good for us is it good you know so how's it going to impact logistics do we need to hire another driver do we need you know so it's whatever it's about for me leverage and efficiencies and that's how I, i'm very emotional about this right now and we're going to you talk are. about this another day you are because we have right. to sign something else very soon very soon I do you want to say it now or no nah, nah we're yet. not going to talk about it now okay but listen it may be store orientated but we are looking at other bricks and mortars there are a lot there are opportunities out there guys and getting your name getting your getting your uh your interest across you know to as many agencies as possible if you're going to go and you know go if it's a neighborhood joint speak to the local kind of uh, uh, commercial estate agents like i said write letters knock on doors 
whatever you want to do, find an opportunity, introduce yourself to the tenant, get your name, put your name, make sure you get your name and number in their phone, you know, follow them on Instagram, you know. And if it's for your corporate, you want to get into something like with the Shaftesbury Group or something like Westfield, be prepared. Have um, a great concert. Have a great concert. Maybe a press pack you, to you introduce need, who you are formally. Maybe proof of concept. Build up your social presence. Does you show that you have a following? You know, all of this is, is the more references you have for your brand yeah, and how it could be important. great for them. Like that's that's what like, they like, like to see. Like we have a broker. You showed off a lot of properties, and they they look at our portfolio. Instagram is used as a way of presenting, you know, your food, your concepts, or build on your socials as well. And even if you don't have a store you know having the you know showing your engagement with your core core set of customers showing the you know the beautiful way you present your food you know also also a press pack really works make sure that's done nicely yeah press packs are important okay so all of these together you know depending on what your strategy is guys i just I mean, listen there was this is not real advice this is just our experience but hopefully you know there's some value in there that you could learn and take with you if you are deciding to find a location. And if you liked this conversation of me and Omar talking about our locations and our advice and our personal experience, let us know what else you want us to talk about. Uh, we're gonna be doing a lot of new things this year. So anything from maybe creating a concept, building a brand, anything about like your narrative Marketing. on socials accounts anything whatever you know so um yeah listen guys if you're thinking of opening up a new place um you have some ideas of what you want to um get into just comment below and let us know what 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 you're thinking of and you know hopefully any questions ask us below and then we'll hopefully get back to you and give you some answers that would help but thank you for listening. Thank you. We're going to wrap this up now because we actually got some work to do. This is, yeah. You know what? We do this at the end of our working day. So we got to plan tomorrow's work day. And, and yeah, please like, subscribe, comment. And share. And share. Thank you. Abish. Abish.